Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. That's like, oh, okay, while we're talking about fucked up things, and I swear to God this is going to lead into Animorphs. (laughs) Have you heard about Camp Cretaceous? Yeah, somebody posted it on the Discord. I forgot who. It might have. It wasn't me, but it was... Might have been Scott A. I'm not sure. I'm sorry, I, I forgot. It might have been... No, I think you're right. I think it might have been Scott A. Anyways, I was watching the trailer for it and then reading like uh, some reviews about it because it comes out Friday of... I shouldn't like dox when we record these or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's coming out Friday. No one gives a shit. It's coming out Friday. And um, they were talking about how dark it is. Like, the series, yes, like, in the really? first episode. Yeah, like, mm. the kid watches, like, his mentor or something get eaten by velo- velociraptors <gasps> in, like, episode one. And they're, like, saying, oh. like, when um, when uh, Spielberg was talking about it, he said, like, just because it's a kid's show doesn't mean you can make it, like, light and fluffy. Like, it has to have a dark side Bless to it. Bless you. And I was so excited. Yes, thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, shit. Thank you for this meal. As we know, oh. all good children's shit has a dark side to it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just, yes. Yeah. So, I'm excited. <sighs> I'm ready to watch all of it. I'm extremely excited for it. And also, when they started playing, like, the Jurassic Park theme yeah. throughout, like, the end of the thing, I was like, yes. Oh, that's awesome. I I want more, like, dark stuff in kids' shows and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we were talking about, like, Matt and I were talking about um, His Dark Materials, The Golden Compass, the other day. And mm-hmm. I was like, I like the fact that, like, you know, it starts off as kind of an adventure, but it gets so dark with the whole, like, separating your demon from the child thing using the guillotine and, like, you basically have no soul anymore. That's so fucked up. And I love yes. that. I love that, too. Ah, I'm just, ever since Animorphs, I'm really coming to appreciate, like, that sort of element in anything, really, but, like... And as long as it's, like, a meaningful fucked up, not, like, a, right. I'm doing this for shock value, or I'm showing this, like, gruesome violence for, like, you know, to get people talking about it. Like, no, I, I want, like, right. it to mean something. That's why I don't watch Game of Thrones, because everything in there just felt like, oh, look how awful we can be! I, I mean, I don't want to get into defending Game of Thrones, because, like, there's a lot of just fucked up shit to be fucked up in there. Yeah. But I do, as... I did like appreciate a lot of parts of that show um, and how fucked up it was because of like how much it was talking about like these people in power playing the games and it spoke a lot to that. But like there's so many times where mm-hmm. it just went like not like, hey, that's too far emotionally, but like, hey, that's like plot wise too far. Like this is meaningless what this yeah. is like who gives a shit. Sure. I don't know, but I did enjoy Game of Thrones. I love Daenerys. 
Well, Everyone I mean, knows that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not like, you know, I haven't seen, I've only seen like most of season one. It, it's just, it's not for me. There's a lot of stuff in there that I just don't really enjoy watching. Um, but a lot of people yeah. like it, so I don't know. I can't, re- yeah. I can't really diss it too much. I haven't seen all of it. Probably won't, but <laughs> I don't know. I I did kind of, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of parts of it. Some of it wasn't great, but some of it was really good. I mean, it's it, that's something that's like, I think, more in my wheelhouse than yours. Mm-hmm. But Animorphs is definitely in both of our wheelhouses. <laughs> it is. And another series where like the dark side of it was so meaningful that it really, it made the story that much better. And I'm so hopeful that that's what Camp Cretaceous is going to turn into. Yeah. I'm so hopeful. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Oh, it would be. Children's series, like, you're right. They should have that edge. Yeah. I mean, maybe not all of it, but, like, shows that have to restrain themselves from going too far because they don't want to, like, traumatize the children or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's restricting your creativity and it's restricting the impact of your story, then I think that's, like, a problem. Yeah. Definitely. (sighs) And, like, you know, we've all been traumatized by things as kids, you know? Like, I was traumatized by a couple Disney movies. I was traumatized by, like, Watership Down. Like, you know, it's just part of the course, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. If I've learned anything from Reddit, it's that a large portion of society was were raised in just fucked up scenarios. And it's not fair to treat children as if they're simple idiots who are only living a happy dopey life because so so many of them are not it's like don't traumatize kids for the sake of just traumatizing them because obviously trauma is like you know not great as a concept but like animorphs had like a deeper meaning to it you know it's trying to teach you that war is bad and this isn't like all of the other adventure fantasy stories that you've read because like this is what actually happens. These are actually, like, the feelings that you would feel doing all these things, so. Yeah, that I feel like that's that's exactly right. Like, that's the line we're trying to strive for, is it's bad because it's real. Yeah. And bad shit happens in real life, and there's no need to hide that from children. Yep, but we don't have to worry about any of that in this TV show, <laughs> because the emotional <laughs> stakes are on a completely different fucking level. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> so this is your favorite episode so far. Oh my god, because he's here. Right? He's here, he's finally. Here. He's here. My son is here. He's arrived on it's Earth. He's ready to eat cinnamon buns and kick ass. And I'm ready. Oh, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> this episode was... The best. Oh my god. It was also my least favorite because there was absolutely almost no Rachel in it. <laughs> I, yeah, that was an interesting choice that they made. I kept thinking, like, is it too many people? Like, do they not allow this storyline to take place because it's too confusing for the camera? Or did they try to cut the budget by, like, not really having Brooke on set for, like, weeks on end? Like, what was the deal? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's just a lot going on in this episode. Not that I'm saying that Rachel should have been cut, but, I, you know, I feel like... 
I feel like there was one other episode recently where they kind of downplayed some of the characters. Like the last one we watched where Cassie was in it for all of two lines. Yeah. Like what they did to Rachel in this one. Yeah. yeah. So like last episode was very Rachel heavy, right? So right. I guess I, I don't feel too bad about her being absent. Ugh, I'm sorry. You're so wrong. I'm sorry. Like you've never been more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, who would you rather have been gone? <laughs> None. <laughs> Have them all. I want my cake and I want to eat it too. <laughs> we can't have more than five characters on screen at a time. Listen, if you can't have more than five characters on screen at a time, then don't fucking take on filming a six character <laughs> show. Find a new fucking job. You know what did bother me though? <laughs> not having Rachel? Well, yes, but also... Okay, other than that. Okay, so the first two episodes were book one, basically. Then we had yes. this stupid filler disc episode that didn't matter. Then we had mm-hmm. Rachel, which was book two. And now we're yeah. basically on book four, kind of. They were like, listen, we cannot deal with teen suicide attempts. It is just not in our rating. But, like, you don't even have to go that far. You could have just had some Tobias angst. I don't think there's any real angst in this TV show. I don't I mean, think yeah. this TV show can do angst. Yeah. But I want it. Also, like, I mean, I want it too. But I I think truly the limitations are they know that that's a hard one to adapt because of several factors. One, the whole suction tube morphing to a fish thing. Fish are hard to train. Hawks are hard to train. Having the hawk be the main character, like that Harris hawk, they can basically get him to go to the perches where they want like 80% of the time. <laughs> and that's as good as they can get. Oh. Like, that's a hard one because, like, yeah. it's not like the dogs or even the cats or the horses that are, like, kind of easier to get them to do certain tricks. Like, you're just not going to get that out of the hawk. Well, that's true. And they didn't even, like, do the dolphin thing or Axe being underwater there, for there this one. Like no way dolphins were in the budget. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, they, like, shouldn't have made this show. <laughs> they were not prepared for the, the wide girth of how much is in Animorphs and how much needs to be on screen. They just didn't have enough money. And that's time. Yeah, or talent. <sighs> oh, that's a nicer way of saying it. Yeah, they didn't have money or time. Yeah. This is like Animorphs yeah. light. This is like Animorphs without any of the emotional stakes of the books. This is just like, let's take the premise of Animorphs and morph it into a dumb 90s sitcom, basically. <laughs> I get why they didn't try to do book three, but like... I, I can forgive some of it if, like, the rest of their choices weren't also so bad, I guess. Well, and again, it's like, I don't want book three. I want just a Tobias-centric episode where he struggles with being a hawk. Like, you don't have to, you can just, like, touch on some of those subjects. You do not have to get crazy with it. Like, you can show him flying by his, like, uncle's house, or you can just have him, like, should I hunt this mouse or should I eat the nasty hamburger that Jake left for me? Like just all of those like kind of like semi angsty topics. 
that they kind of covered. And then you don't have to do the whole, like, I'm going to fly into the mall and try to burst through the window and kill myself thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with, with all of that. Like, I would like to have seen it. I would like to see it attempted. I would, all of that. But I just can't imagine, especially being a Scholastic produced show where they're already saying like, by the way, nobody's going to relate to Tobias or Axe, so we're going to cut their books and do like tradesies. I can't imagine them saying like, yes, we're going to spend the budget on our TV show to do an episode about a hawk that's unsure he wants to be a hawk. And our only hawk actor is, there's, I read in the, in the guide before I stopped reading, they only had three of these hawks. And then they wrote, they are all identical, which is bullshit. Yeah, no. Okay, whatever. Um, anyways, that aside, <laughs> um, like they, they had these few hawks to work with and like trying to film all of that and then get Christopher Rolfe into the studio to like voice over all of that. I can see why they'd be like, there's no way we can make this work. Okay, well, how about like having just that be like a b plot to a different character like like you have another character who's like doing like a main story plot and then also like tobias is helping them but also tobias is having feelings yeah for sure that would have been a i mean that's a great idea yeah but yeah i i just i can see why that one didn't make it onto this show yeah Oh, well. I want it, and I agree with you that I would like to see it, and I we should have it, but, like, I can also see why I didn't make it onto the show. Yeah. And I assume that we'll have, like, some Tobias stuff later in the series, in the yeah. coming episodes, so. What do I know? Oh, yeah. But we did get a lot of Cassie, which is great, and we got a lot of Axe, which is extra great, because he's my baby. <gasps> oh, I was... So fucking happy to see Axe. <laughs> the gang's all here. Oh my god. And he like from the second he appeared on screen just fucking brought it. He did. <laughs> I just and we got we got goofy axe, we got serious axe, we got sad axe, we got the whole package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got I just love him so much. We got Fake skunks, we got real skunks. Oh my fucking god. (laughs) I was simultaneously delighted and so pissed off. Okay, I'll save that for when we talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Oh, there's so much good shit going down here. There's so much in this episode. Also, I just realized that I am wearing entirely blue today. Complete coincidence. Do we have any other opening thoughts or would you like to talk about this episode in I w- detail. I would like to talk about this episode in detail, please. Okay. Well, uh, oh, sorry. This episode is episode six. It's called The Message. Again, echoing book four. So speaking of rabbits, we open very abruptly on a literal bird's eye view of a forest. The camera is flying over some trees and there's some hawk screaming. And that lets you know that this is probably from Tobias's point of view. Then we immediately cut to a rabbit faffing about on the ground and i have two fucking notes first of all clearly a domesticated rabbit due to floppy ears Uh second of all this is like the worst shot you could have picked because it's just such a medium shot like it kind of establishes location but not really it's just in grass like you could have done something more 
intense, like an extreme close up and then kind of like a wide cut of the rabbit in the field or something. But the fact that it's just like this boring medium shot is so unsuccessful. And like the most intense part of this establishing shot or this like establishing scene is that they like not even they didn't set the location in any way that you could like map out in your mind and understand the space. They like gratuitously took the space and every time they'd give you a shot of like this is what it looks like they'd then crumple it up and in the next scene be like just kidding this is what it looks like like it made no sense everything they did like was just wrong they just counteracted everything that they did in the previous scene or the previous shot rather yeah i don't know (sighs) like from a from a comic making perspective like i don't really love drawing a lot of backgrounds in my pages just because they take a really long time to do and i really just want to like crank out pages um so like i kind of do the same thing i'm kind of guilty of the same thing where i'm like i'll have like one establishing shot and then i'll kind of just like fill in the next couple panels with like gradients because i've already like established the place um where it doesn't, it probably doesn't look as good as if I drew a background in every panel, but I'm really trying to cut corners here, and it really feels like they're also trying to do this in this show, so I probably shouldn't well, bash them too much. No, you should, and here's why. Because when you do that in a comic book, you've given me that scene, but when you switch sides or like switch your focus on a character, even if the background's a gradient, when you pull or push... You understand, like, if this person was standing in front of the whiteboard, just because you look at this person and look back doesn't mean they're no longer in front of the whiteboard. Whereas this scene, like, <laughs> okay, so let's let's lay it out. So Tobias comes in as a hawk from right to left. Cassie is the rabbit on the left. Mm. He misses Cassie, flies up straight, continuing to the left. We then cut so it looks like he's turned around and gone right into an open field. And then the next shot is him coming from left of screen to the right onto a tree where Cassie is still on the left side. So he basically, like, he tries to hit her, immediately turns, flies off. It ends up behind her, comes back in front of her. Like, the way that they shot it it didn't make sense. And I think, like, theoretically, he could have swooped down and then looped back to the tree. Mm -hmm. But the way they shot it and showed it all go down, it literally just looked like they didn't know, like, left and right where the hawk was traveling. And, like, you see him take off in a straight line towards an open field. And then in the next shot, he is right, like, yeah, millisecond later landing in a tree. And it's like, no, no, no. Okay, so. What the fuck? A, they didn't block it out. They didn't block out the, mm-hmm. the choreography of the scene. And B, they kept breaking the 180 rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every single time. And, like, it just, it did not make any sense. And, like, there is a way that that scene could have made total sense. But the other problem was they kept cutting it at, like, the wrong time. So, like, if you're telling me that Tobias swooped in from right to left and then went over Cassie and we see him traveling away from Cassie, then swoop the camera that way. Don't flip the shot on me so I think he's traveling back right. And then, like, if he's coming around to the tree, then show me the banking shot and then... Then I hear Cassie or see Cassie and I get a beat, a beat, a beat, a beat. The hawk lands in the tree. So I know it's taken time for him to travel from here to here. Because it's just like he's teleporting everywhere. Like, they just, <laughs> they cut it so badly. The editing it is was like, awful. It's awful. It just continues. 
Like, the editing is one of the biggest problems in this show. Like, there's some things that they're kind of, like, improving on. The editing is consistently yeah. terrible. Yeah. And only for some scenes. <laughs> like, I think just right. for regular kind of, a lot of the regular sort of talking scenes, it's fine. But anything kind of, like, action or dynamic that they want to do is crap. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And like every time I see that, I'm always like, instead of being like in any sort of moment, I'm always just thinking like, one, you didn't establish any of the battle shots at all. You didn't do any of the choreography. Yeah. And like, also they, I'm just always like, you must like, it must be a problem with getting the hawk to do what they want. Like mm-hmm. they haven't figured out how to work with any of the animals in the scene. And so it's like, constantly that but then they also just keep making these really weird choices too like if the hawk is showing on camera we must have like a heartbeat kind of level scream of the hawk like if he's talking in the background i want to be hearing like a yeah and it's like why why is this the choice you're making like we know he's a hawk stop it oh my yeah the constant hawk screaming was just and it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's on the audio track of the actor talking either. No. It sounds like it's overlaid. Yeah. It sounds like isolated clips that they purposefully put into it. And it's so distracting mm-hmm. and obnoxious. Yeah. Um yes. and you know again, like I'm saying all of this in kind of bad faith, because like I don't know how the production went. And I don't know if the editors were just like oh my God, we have no good footage to work with. We're just going to have to cobble something together. Like it could easily be like the footage is just incomplete and bad and they just had to work with what they had. Like maybe this just all really, like there's so many different factors that just make the show so fucking unsuccessful (laughs) in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about that too. And then like whenever I, like for the animal scenes if it's like if it was so clearly like just the animal scenes but there's also other scenes like the one that we were talking about before where like they come out of the barn to look for tobias and we see a shot ahead of open field and then we flip the view and we're tobias looking back from a tree line that clearly wasn't there and it's like just shit like that too like i i feel like it's a mixture of like the animal's I are never going to cooperate 100%. Like, I realize that that's difficult and they're already on a tight budget and things are already hard. So, like, I would be a little more lenient onto scenes like that. But that doesn't mean that you can't do shit, like, flip the angle mm-hmm. of this shot so it's traveling in one straight line. And, like, I understand how this is going. Like, yeah. instead, they just, they cut it. They make the weirdest decisions Like, the whole Tobias looking back from the forest line thing. The way that they shot this hawk scene. It would have been so easy to just, like, do a continual shot. Like, okay. (laughs) This is what I would have done if I were filming it right now. Not knowing anything about filming, but knowing shit about how falconers fly their hawks. Do the lure where you're going in a big figure eight where they have to follow it. Like, yes, I know Harris Hawks will usually only give you like one good strike, but if they just have the footage of the hawk coming, like put the lure on the ground and then have the hawk coming in as if it's towards the rabbit and you cut to the rabbit, cut back to the hawk. And even if you pull that lure away, 
You know what that's going to look like on camera? It's going to look like a fucking little rabbit jumping away <laughs> and just follow the hawk through on that one swoop. And then, you know what? Wait a few beats, have them come back, land in the tree. And that's a logical conclusion of that shot that they could do relatively simply if they just kept the camera in one steady place and let the hawk move around the camera instead of mm-hmm. trying to do this like trickery where it's always like zoomed in super close crop of the hawk clearly on the glove. Oh with my God. Like, bumping him. like oh, yes. it's like, just think it through a little bit or like try something different. Like you, we're on what, episode six mm-hmm. now? Five or six? six? Yeah. Like six. You've had six episodes of working with these hawks. Like how have you learned nothing? Like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, this this just speaks to, like, whoever is in charge of the show is inexperienced. That's what it feels like to me. Like, maybe yeah, this is their I first totally show. Agree. They have no money. They have no time. And they just don't know how to work smarter, not harder. They don't know how to work with all of these restrictions in the most successful way. Like... I- like, Again, I'm saying this in bad faith. I don't know, but something's wrong. I mean, I, something's wrong. I don't know either, but I can tell you what it feels like, and I think this is what really pisses me off, is it just feels like with all these problems, they just don't care at Probably all. Probably not. Like, they're here to shoot and end their day and go home to their family, and this yeah. is like, it's a check. And, like, that's really what it feels like, and I... I hate that. And, like, that, I think it pisses me off even more because clearly, like, the actors are putting in the work. Like, yeah. they seem to care about at least their level of work, if not the show. Yeah. And the production is failing them. And, like, again, I'm talking out of my ass. I have no clue if any of that's true. But that's just the feeling I get mm-hmm. when I watch this. I'm like, whoever edited this just did not give a fuck that day what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Some a lot of some people care and some people obviously don't, and it shows. Yeah, <laughs> like it shows in the it results. Does. Like if it was this bad, but like you could tell that they were like trying, I think I'd give it yeah. like a thousand percent more credit. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean. <laughs> no, it's good. I didn't mean. I didn't mean for any of this to happen. <laughs> no, this is this is good. <laughs> but yeah, just. There's there's a lot of scenes in this episode in particular that just were so tough to watch because they were just so poorly done. <laughs> I uh, it gave me so many laughing out loud moments though as well because it was so poorly done and like I just I'll wait I'll wait to talk about yeah someone, but like oh. yeah and again I I fluctuate between being like severely like laughing and entertained and being just so pissed off that they fucked this show up so badly and i can't determine what makes what reaction happen but yeah i swear i swear to you i for me it's like any time you can feel the hand of that editor producer whatever in there when they're doing their thing Mm -hmm. and then when you see like the kids in there that's when like it bounces back to being really funny for me even if the scene's fucked up because of something that like editors or whatever did i if the kids are in it and they're clearly having a good time i'm like well i'm still here for this but like 
any of the scenes where it's just like the animals or the adults trying to like act through something, it just pisses me <laughs> off. Yeah. <sighs> sorry. I we're like thirty seconds into the <laughs> yeah, episode. Like I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's good. It's like I think we needed to get that off our chest because the fact that it's pissing us off like five seconds into this episode is like really telling. Well, the other fucking annoying thing about this opening scene is that the hawk is screaming the entire time it's hunting a rabbit. Yeah. This would not happen in the wild. They want to be quiet and stealthy so they can sneak up and grab the rabbit when it's not looking. They're not going to be screaming the entire fucking time. We get it. It's a hawk. You don't have to keep playing this fucking sound effect. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So mad. It's... It's like, it's just a choice that they're making, like, clearly. Because them play, they didn't have to play any sound over that whole thing. They could have just done the voiceover. But they, like... If, if it right. had just been, like, Instead, 30 seconds like, of just, like, quiet music and silence and the hawk just, like, flying. Mm-hmm. And the music is, like, building as it gets closer to the rabbit. And then it's like, oh, it's Cassie, yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. Just build up the suspense. You don't have to bombard us with fucking noise yep (sighs) yep god (laughs) i'm just so mad all right i know it's this was like the biggest offender so like hopefully as we get into the episode we won't discuss it for so long because this opening scene was absolutely the biggest offender of everything that they do that pisses me off on this show yeah all right. Well, I mean, we've talked about it to death, so I'll try and sum it up quickly. Because, um, <laughs> again, it's just like rapid fire cutting and screaming and, and bad editing. And just basically it's like rabbits in the ground and and um, there's shots of, of the hawk. And uh, it's just rapid fire, like rabbit, hawk, screaming, close up. Like you said, it's a close-up of the hawk. It's clearly on a glove. Any close-up of the hawk, the hawk is clearly not flying based on it, like its body position. And the rep Yeah, it's just somebody bouncing it so its wings fly. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's just like constant rabbit hawk, rabbit hawk, and then finally he swoops down on the rabbit and the rabbit is like, Tobias, it's me and he swoops past her. He's like, Cassie, oh no. Um Like you said, he lands on a tree. And we cut back to Cassie. She's fully morphed on the ground. She gets up and chastises him. And she's like, that was way too close. He's like, yeah, another second and you would have been history. Then Cassie stares up at him for like 30 seconds as her narration plays over. Poor Nadia had to stare awkwardly (laughs) into the sky for 30 seconds for no reason. (laughs) Just blinking. Like, they didn't even give her any direction. Yeah. They just said, stare and blink. Yeah. <sighs> it's just... I mean, she owned it. She did great. But, like, I I can't. It's so annoying. Um, so she's <laughs> presumably staring at him. And her narration is playing over as she's talking about predator and prey relationships. And viewing it in nature is different than experiencing it. He, humans are to yurks as, as to rabbits are to hawks. It's basically an SAT question. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, uh, I'm having a hard time reading notes because I'm like really aggravated right now. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. (laughs) 
Yeah. So camera's panning up to Tobias in the tree. He asks her what she was doing in the rabbit morph. Cassie says, oh, rabbits are great. They're fast and they can dig and fit into tight places. And she's been acquiring a bunch of animals and kind of trying out the morphs, which is cool. Um, She's suddenly interrupted by a camera shot of the Earth from orbit. And it's accompanied by a voice that says, I'm losing altitude. I'm breaking up. And she kind of stumbles and asks, did you hear that, Tobias? And Tobias is like, I heard something. Um, This next scene I thought was also very rough and it's like a solid two minutes long. Um, and it's, it's yeah. basically, it's kind of like the first scene. It's just like three things are happening and it's just cutting between them for like 30 seconds solid. <laughs> um, it's basically a montage of the voice calling out for help, sending out distress signals in English and in Andalite language. Cassie's like clutching her forehead and like reeling in agony. Tobias is flipping the fuck out. Because he can hear the voice, too. Um, Cassie starts, like, repeating what the voice is saying. She eventually, like, passes out on the ground. And Tobias falls out of the tree and lands beside her, also fainted. Um, <laughs> again, as the bird is freaking out, it's you can see the glove of the person, like, waving it up and down to make the bird freak out. Yeah. Ugh. And... Um, and basically the only thing I liked about this scene was that there's a really low shot of Cassie at some point. And like the angle's really awkward cause it's like very extreme, but mm-hmm. you could see the trees above her spinning at a different rate from what she was moving at. So I wonder if they mm-hmm. like stuck her on a spinning platform with the camera or something. Cause like the, the camera was moving with her body, but the trees were moving at a different rate. And the effect was really cool. I that would have been such a bummer though if they did all of that and stuck her <laughs> on like a spinning platform and then only did that like two second shot. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't, there's some there's something about that shot that was really interesting. I don't know what they did, but mm-hmm. I would like to know. Um, also, they really start relying on the fake animals in this episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. That part kind of delighted me. <laughs> the fake bird falling out of the tree. The fake bird falling out of the tree. When that happened, because, like, that was one of, this is what I'm talking about. Like, when that happened, I'm like, oh, that's from the books. And, of course, there's no way that they're going to get, like, the hawk to do anything like right. this. So it was, like, campy and cheesy, but at least it's from the books. And, like, they gave it, like, an, a real effort. Like, they used some sort of, like actual like dead bird wing of some sort and like dropped it and like they they did pretty good (laughs) i actually yeah i was i was watching that that shot so they film it from the ground so you watch the bird fall like right Mm -hmm. next to the camera towards the camera yeah and i was wondering how they did that i was wondering if they had the bird like on like a fishing line and they just like tugged it or if they like threw something at it or i don't know well they wouldn't have thrown something at it because you would have seen it fall but it's like, how did they get it to fall yeah. like that? I wonder. I mean, I almost wonder if they didn't just like kind of lob it over the tree. Oh, branch and, and then like, they just, just cut, it, cut yeah. it. Oh, that's a that's a uh-huh. good point. Or like drop it from like a crane or something above the tree. Yeah, and then I also um, just to like nudge this forward a second or two, the shot that they switch to after you get the hawk falling, where they cut to the camera where like you just see like the dead bird wings and then like Nadia yeah, yeah, right yeah. behind it. I was like, 
these are the cuts that I live for. Like all of a sudden it like, they just made this amazingly good choice after five minutes of the worst choices they've ever yeah. made. Like it was crazy. <laughs> it was so, and this is when I was like, oh my God, like I'm kind of here for this scene though. <laughs> after all of that shit. Uh, my problem with the, uh, with the whole, like I'm hearing acts crashing to earth scenes was they were just so long. They were just yeah, so they were long. really trying to build the tension. Yeah, and it just went on for two. I w- <laughs> Let me tell you what I would have absolutely loved. Instead of doing the weird cuts of like, like crashing Nadia crashing blah blah, if they had have done something that was like Nadia holding her head and like none of this like they could still do like the shaky shots, but like if she just started saying Axe's lines and then they transitioned into the shot of the ship crashing down to Earth, but, like, we started from her just kind of slowly ramping up to, like, this is the full-on psychotic break of Axe going into her mind. That would have been, like, just so much better instead of what they did. Because I loved the choice they made to have Nadia start saying Axe's lines. Oh, yeah, 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 that's good. That was that was great. So I wish they had have done something to make that more clear instead of trying to again do the two minute cut 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 cut. Yeah, cut. or like I would have had like you know maybe like one or two cuts between the two situations, and then really have sure. just like Nadia like like clutching her head down on her knees and the cameras like zooming in on her, and then like we like kind of like fast transition into like a longer scene of the ship crashing. And then mm-hmm. cut back just to like a little bit of variety. If you just do rapid cut, rapid cut, rapid cut for a long time, it gets very repetitive and confusing. If you have like a long cut interlaced with a shorter cut, interlaced with like a medium cut and a longer, like if you have that variety, it's more interesting. Mm-hmm. And that applies to like and anything like, really. <laughs> variety is good. Right. Those are, those are just the rules of movies. But, uh, the other thing that that I totally didn't get until the flashbacks was when she started saying, like, I saw a forest, I saw a fence, I saw... And, like, I kind of recognized that those were in the initial, like, her brain melting scene. But, like, they were never called out in a way that it was like, this is important later. And it would have made me feel really smart as an audience if they had made a way to like done something that made those shots stand out more interspersed with the ship crashing down scene where you see kind of inside the cockpit sort Mm -hmm. of um it would have been really cool if they had like found a way to highlight those shots by maybe making them a little longer and then cutting back to her so that when she said to jake like i see a forest blah 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 you immediately recall back to that like oh yeah we saw that like instead of trying to just yeah later be like remember when and then like i saw a fence remember the fence like yeah why do that when you can just make it in the original scene stand out more? yeah yeah it just yeah. when they do those really fast cuts like sometimes it's just way too fast and you can like kind of process what it was but also like i'm watching mm-hmm. these episodes multiple times and i'm constantly like rewinding and the only reason yeah. I'm getting, like, half of the information I am is because of that. If you're just watching this straight, you are going to miss so much because the cuts are just too fucking fast. Right. And, like, that's super cool when you're trying to, like, confuse. Like, that would that's effective for Axe is breaking into her mind and she's getting confused. But, like, 
You have to give us something to latch onto. It can't all be that. Yeah, and it can't just be like his narration that's giving you all the information. Like we need the visual. Like film is a visual medium, primarily. <laughs> I think the producers of the Animorphs TV show are challenging you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so this was really difficult for me because, like, I they made such good decisions with, like, the hawk passing out thing. Like, mm-hmm. that that worked really well for me, but so much of it, of the rest of it didn't. Yep. Yep. Sorry. We've just been talking <laughs> this for, like, 45 <laughs> oh, no. minutes. Okay. God. Yeah, this episode's rough already. Um, I'm no, sorry. no, no. Not and, like, it's funny because, like, we liked it. Well, I liked it. I don't know about you. I just put words in your mouth. I liked aspects of it but i think overall i didn't really love the whole episode but i don't know it's because rachel wasn't yeah i get it (laughs) um so then we go to our theme song blah 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 it's all in your head um so one thing i did notice about the theme song is that in the beginning you have like the kids running away from something Mm -hmm. and i counted there were six And the only one I didn't recognize was the very first kid. And I was like, who is that, though? I'd have to rewatch it. Okay. Yeah. Check it out next time. It's, yeah. Yeah. There's, like, one kid in the beginning. I'm not sure who it is. It's not Axe. But then it's, like, Sean and Brooke and Nadia and everybody. So, I don't know. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Theme song. Cassie wakes up. Um, she is no longer on the ground. She's like has her back leaning against the tree, and she has her arm up because Tobias is perching on it. Which is like, what the fuck? <laughs> you were just on the ground. What happened? Um, but whatever. Um, Tobias says he feels like he flew into a wall. Um, Cassie is like, are you okay? He says, yeah, I think so. What happened? She's like, I don't know. And she looks out into the distance. And there's, like, a plume of smoke that is arched across the sky, indicating the ship crashing. And they turn and walk away. Um, cut, cut to the barn. Cassie is describing the incident to the other kids. And she's like, we didn't just see it. We felt like we were there. Uh, Jake immediately gaslights her and says, maybe it was just a dream or a hallucination. Um, Cassie's like, no, because Tobias and I both felt it at the same time. And Marco's like, where's Rachel? Where's Rachel? Where are the drugs? (laughs) Where's Harvey Dent? (laughs) Um, And Jake's like, oh, she's visiting her dad. And it's like, this is a very just kind of like one-off comment letting us know that Rachel's family's divorced. And you you indicated that all in one sentence, and it was great. Loved it. Yep. Um... Cassie is not paying attention. She's still distracted with her shit. And she's like, it happened around noon. Did either of you feel anything? And Marco says, I felt hungry. Does that count? First of many amazing fucking jokes from Marco. He was just like fucking constant. On fire. He is on On fire. fire I missed him. I missed his, like, I feel like he has like twice as many jokes as usual in this episode to make up for not really being in the last episode, maybe? I don't know. And like, even when he's not making jokes in this episode, like, clearly Boris is just having the fucking time of his life filming this. (laughs) I loved it. 
I loved it too. Uh, Tobias flies in and he's like, the area is clear. Nobody's here. Cassie's pacing around. She's like, it sounded like thought speak. And then explains to the audience what thought speak is in case we forgot. Jake's like, wait a minute. You don't think. And Cassie's like, he said more Andalites would be coming. Marco's like, great. It's raining aliens. We might as well be living in Roswell. But um, another good one. (laughs) Uh, Jake's like, if it was an Andalite, why didn't we all feel it? Marco says it's because Cassie is more in tune with the universe. She morphs better than all of them. And her bones don't even crunch when she does it. Which is <laughs> important for later. That's the sign of somebody who's in tune with the universe is your bones don't <laughs> crunch when you do it. <laughs> my bones crunch just just shifting position in my chair. We Let's, come on. We're not in tune with the universe. You it's know true. that. We're also not <laughs> 17, 18 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that Christ. is also true. Um, so Jake is like, well, why did Tobias feel it? Well, look at him. He's a bird. And Tobias is like, must be my superior hawk brain. And sassy yeah. Tobias is here and he's taking none of your shit. Oh, I love sassy He's Tobias. so sassy in this episode. It's great. Uh, Marco's like, get over yourself, man. Um, Jake says they need to find out if it was an Andalite. Uh, Marco says it might not even be real what they saw it could be a yerk trap and Jake says if they tried to get into their minds they would have done so already Cassie says they have to help whoever it is Elfinger died trying to save them and they owe him that much um yeah good acting from all the kids in this scene this was a very non-offensive yeah. scene <laughs> as far as filming <laughs> yeah I mean I can't really remember any standout camera shots but it it's good in the way that you don't remember it because there was nothing awful happening. I mean, maybe these scenes are just better because you don't really have to think about them. You just need, like, medium shots on all the kids when they talk. Yeah, but then they do, like, in the last episode where they did that shot up, like, I feel like yeah. maybe whoever is on this just, like, they inherently know how to shoot people talking. Like, this is their wheelhouse They've done these shows where it's just a bunch of kids like sitting around talking. They know how to make those scenes visually interesting. But then the minute you introduce like something else, like animals moving around, yeah. like unpredictability, like, what do I shots do with that this? They have to think about exactly. They're like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, what's happening here? Yeah. Like, I think what it like, they're just they're not problem solvers. No. I don't know. Or maybe it's two totally different crews. And like the A team is with the actors and the B team is doing the hawk role. That could be. And I do I do think that there's a variety of different people behind the camera with a variety of different skill sets. Because we have seen good camera work. We have. So. Not in this episode. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is not one of those times. Uh, um, they were off shooting Rachel's episode, and that's where they used up the good camera work. In fact, that's probably exactly why some of the characters, like, uh, they're probably shooting some of Rachel's scenes from the last episode when they were filming. Oh, this maybe. One. Yeah, maybe. And Sean had to, like, travel back and forth between the shooting sites. Yeah, but, like, nobody else did. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's funny. They're like, yeah, we could spring for a car for Sean, as long as everybody else stays pretty static. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might be. That could very well be. Because, like, obviously Brooke missing is, like, oh, we couldn't get her for this episode for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So. I yep. don't know. Um, 
I don't know either. Let's go visit our good, good friend, Visitor 3. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> so he's in a lab or something with a scientist <laughs> man. And the scientist is working on like a weird lathe situation. Um, and he's like, we've been working on this day and night ever since you found it, sir. It's Andalite technology that we're not familiar with. Visitor 3 is like, then familiarize yourself with it. <laughs> it was very Snape in this moment, kind of. He was Snape <laughs> in this entire fucking Turn to scene. page 394, <laughs> then. I don't know. We'd like to learn about the werewolves. <laughs> yeah, he's just very calm and done with this guy's shit. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the scientist tries to, like, double down and suck up to Visor 3, and he's like, by the way, you have picked an excellent human morph. Like, really good choice, sir. And Visor 3 kind of turns to him and is just like, humans are soft and weak. And he, we cut back to the scientist, and he has now been grabbed by some sort of, like, horrible monster claw. And Visor 3 is like, I think this is better, don't you agree? And the scientist goes, yes, Visor. And it's great. Okay. I know I just said that, like, watching the adults act in this show wasn't good. <laughs> but these two were fucking nailing mm-hmm. it. Like, that scientist was probably my f- one of my favorite side characters so far. Yeah. Than, uh, he was great. Hans and Crackers or whatever. <laughs> but, um. Strudel. <laughs> I remember Hans what we called him. Strudel. Hans and Strudel. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, he was great. Like he sold it. He like walked in. He's like, "Oh, alien body, got it. I know how to how to play this." And like, he was actually terrified of the god awful prop claw that was there. So, and then of course, Visor Three was just selling it left, right, You're and center. Really great. See. So good. So so okay. Good. So this next scene is more of. The, like, Axe is talking and everybody's fucking heads exploding. But <laughs> it's 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 a little bit more bearable in this scene. Um, so Cassie's walking through a forest and she's looking for the, the crashed person and calling out to him. And whoever this being is, obviously it's Axe, but I'm just going to try to keep the suspense up. Um, he's calling out <laughs> and Cassie's like, I can hear you. Where are you? And he starts sending out flashes of his location. There's, like, a highway and some trees and, like, a fence. And Cassie is, like, grasping her head in pain, as is Visor 3. Um, mm-hmm. And Cassie's, like, her head's exploding. She's making her way along a fence. And the voice is speaking. And Visor 3 is having a fucking meltdown. He's, like, throwing carts and tools across the room, and he's, like, smacking his head, and some crony comes up to him and is like, are you okay, sir? And he, like, throws him to the ground. And it's it's so much. Like, this actor's obviously having, like, a great time hamming this up. He is fucking having the best time. Like, I just, there was one scene where he just, like, dramatically flops his upper body over a counter <laughs> and then just drags himself to the end and like a bunch of like cylindrical yes. shit falls down and i was like he is having like he's just filled with so much joy doing this know. <laughs> uh this this is like the only thing that made this scene bearable 
Yeah, he did so good. Like the the camera like weird slow mo shit didn't make any sense, and like the props yeah. were. It was just so much, but, like, the fact that this actor was having such a good time just made... Like, I wanted to watch this for 30 minutes. Like, I just wanted to see him going to town on all of the props yeah. for, like, 30 fucking yeah. minutes. Yeah, what what's he gonna do next? So good. Yeah, what's he gonna grab? What, it, like, and it started with just, like, like pawing shit off the counter, like you'd yeah. expect. But then he just kept making more and more dramatic choices, and I was like... Let him keep going. Why are you stopping filming this? Like, what's he going to do yeah. next? I have like, no idea. Like, when he, like, takes that rolling cart and just, like, throws it, I'm like, yeah, you throw that fucking cart. <laughs> do it, man. I'm so surprised he didn't, like, throw a leg up on the counter and then drag his own <laughs> leg to, like, pull the shit. Like, he was getting so oh, intense. It was great. Start drooling everywhere. Oh. My God. Oh, my God. Yeah. at the mouth Spazzing and just doing, up. like, a... Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hamming so it up. Because, again, this scene kind of suffers up. from the same problems as the first scene. It's, like, really confusing. And it's rapid cuts. And, like, you're distorting the camera. And it's headache-inducing. But Visitor 3 is great. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, all of this shit stops. And Cassie's on the ground. And Visitor 3 gets composure and he's like another one has landed and he's looking right at the disc the disc which is spinning rapidly in its in its beyblade holder and there's a laser pointer <laughs> focused on it for some reason yeah i have no idea why who fucking knows it's it's a uh. pog in a beyblade Holographic. Uh, Scott had, Scott has taken umbrage, by the way, with the fact that I described that disc as a pog. <laughs> he says, every time he sees it, he's like, that's not a fucking pog. And I'm like, okay, maybe not precisely, but close enough. It's like enough. an air hockey disc that they put a sticker on. Yeah, like, it's fucking fine. Uh, it's it's stupid and nobody knows what it does. Yes. Um. So after that nonsense um we are back at the computer cafe in the mall because that's our like kind of 90s sitcom hangout spot apparently Mm -hmm. um cassie walks in and meets up with jake and marco jake's like are you okay and marco's like yeah you look like you acquired a ghost (laughs) um caspi caspi casper casper's here caspi the friendly (laughs) person Casper is here. Um, Caspi is here to haunt us all with tales oh of no. the Animorphs. <laughs> Cassie whispers, he's alive, and I know where he's hiding. Or, uh, he showed me where he's hiding. She doesn't know yet. Um, some huge fuck stands right behind Cassie like a fucking oh creep God. with his fucking food. The dude was 80 feet <laughs> tall. <laughs> he was like... Basketball player of the 90s, Sean Bradley, standing behind her. He was like 10 feet tall. Um, And he, like, he was so distracting, <laughs> and his role was, like, zero. He did nothing, but he was, he pulled all of the focus in that well, scene. Uh, okay, so, like, Nadia is, is, like, fully in the frame from, like, the waist up. This guy's shoulders don't even <laughs> come into the frame, and he's standing directly behind her. He's so tall. It's just a torso. It's a torso and a t-shirt. <laughs> Oh my god. 
I could stare at nothing but this tall man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so unfair to put that guy in the scene next to Nadia and oh Boris. <laughs> uh, so, he's just there to indicate that there are other people around, and they probably shouldn't be talking about aliens in front of these people. So, Jake is like, mm-hmm. let's go somewhere else. Um, so, they go and find a table to sit at. Marco gets Cassie a glass of water, which is very nice. Um, Cassie's yeah. like, whatever it is is hurt. She can feel its pain. And then she said she was seeing uh, two sets of everything. And the boys are like, like two sets of eyes? Like an andalite? Like stunning detective work there, boys. <laughs> like an andalite? Like an andalite. Seeing two things <laughs> at once. Oh, no. no. Bad. Um, no. What have you They're been? like, okay, well, what did you see? And she's like, I saw, like, a forest and a fence and some kind of pipe. And then she sounds really frustrated. And she's like, maybe it's all in my head. And Jake's like, no. Whatever you saw, I believe you. And they... I believe you. I believe you. I was gaslighting you before, but now I believe you. <laughs> and they kind of share this look together. And I was like, hmm... Shipping. Yes, you're a couple. Yes. They were so cute in this episode. It was subtle, but... It was was very subtle, but, like, then when you saw it, you're like, like, oh, yeah, you two get together, don't you? (laughs) Anyway. um, Anyway. They are interrupted by a newscaster on a nearby TV, and she is like, authorities can neither confirm nor deny the crash of an experimental military aircraft, and they're arresting anyone who enters the area. And... The best part about this is that the kids kind of, like, watch this, and somebody behind them, some extra, like, stands up and, like, walks right behind them to watch the newscaster, and they're acting like this is, like, a national tragedy. Like, (laughs) this person's really invested in the crashed military aircraft. I was so on board with that choice, though, (laughs) that extra's choice. That that kid ate their Wheaties that morning. (laughs) They were like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, the primary actors are standing up for this. I'm going to go see what's up. Yeah, <laughs> but like, uh, it's supposed to just be like a casual mention, but she was like, there. She's like, <laughs> she's like crossing her arms defensively and everything. I was, ugh. Oh, Jesus, not another, not another UFO crash that they can't confirm oh, or deny. No. Not this again. <laughs> not this again. <laughs> We've been over this. <sighs> oh, God. Yeah. So immediately after that, we hear helicopters very loudly inside the mall. Shaking the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they run out of there and they zoom in on Cassie's glass of water that she did not drink. And it's shaking like the jello in Jurassic Park. They took so much of that scene from Jurassic Park. I was watching that and I'm like, wow, this is what it would look like if they hadn't figured out the whole guitar string trick, huh? I don't know what that means. Oh, to make the um, the percussion uh, footsteps water drop thing that they did in Jurassic Park on the back of the vehicle to indicate that the T-Rex was coming. They had planned that shot, but they didn't know how they were going to do it. So they spent like weeks trying to figure it out. 
And uh, finally, like, I think it was like the night before they were shooting it, they figured out if they put a single guitar string underneath the back of it and plucked it, that's what created that that acoustic water drop look. Um, And it became like the famous lore of how they figured it out because they had no clue how to make that shot work before then. Oh. Totally invented for that scene. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So nobody had told the crew of Animorphs about the guitar trick. (laughs) guitar string trick they just like winged it they were like i don't know it's a helicopter it just goes brr, brr, yeah. brr. it's helicopter go brr. helicopter go brr. not like a t-rex where it's like the single like yeah uh, i don't know how they heard helicopters in the mall but whatever it, why were they so loud in the mall like you're in an arcade you should yeah. be able like if you could hear the barest hint you'd be like wow that's real fucking loud yeah oh my god whatever um they're back in the forest. Uh, they're looking around. Cassie's like, we're looking for a fence. Tobias flies in and says, there's a lot of activity north of there. And something definitely crashed. Cassie's like, we're looking in the wrong spot. It was nowhere near the crash site. Tobias is like, if you ask me, the whole thing's getting pretty weird. And Marco's like, yeah, the talking bird is saying that looking for an alien in the woods is weird. Tobias is like, watch it, Marco. I have great aim. And Margo kind of laughs and pulls up the hood of his jacket and they keep walking. Fucking love it. I love Fucking love so Sassy Tobias. Oh my god. I loved it so much. And I love the fact that like the way that like Marco pulled up his hood laughing the whole time. It was totally like an in-joke between the two of them. It was so yes. good. Like I the chemistry of all of them on set, even though like Christopher isn't there with them. He's just voice acting with them. There's still like a really good like rapport there. Yeah, I loved that. Either that or Boris is just that fucking good. Either I way, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was awesome. It was I enjoyed great. it very much. I enjoyed it so much. Um, so they keep walking through the woods. Uh Marco's like, we're not getting anywhere. And Jake suggests that they split up. Which is always a bad idea. Never split the party. I was just going to say never split the party. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, finally, they come across a chain link fence, which is in front of a building with smokestacks. You would think that would be enough to inform the audience that this is the place where they're supposed <laughs> to look. But instead, we get an extra 20 seconds of Cassie's head splitting open and looking at the smokestacks, and then she has to, like, tilt her head in a certain way to see the smokestacks from a different angle before she's like, oh, hey, it's this place. Ugh. Yeah. Like, immediately when I saw the fence and the smokestacks, I'm like, oh, it's here. Ugh. But no, because the audience is a fucking idiot. A collective fucking idiot, and we have to explain everything. God, No, stop. you don't. Just stop treating me like I'm so dumb. Is it that hard? I feel, you're making me feel very bad about myself, and I don't appreciate it. So, they sneak into the area sneak of the Sneak is very fence. generous of you. <laughs> they walk into the area <laughs> in plain fucking sight. Side <laughs> through. Sorry. <sighs> is that what you wanted? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. So, there's a hole in the chain link fence. They walk through it. Um, Jake stops and looks at it, and... The camera kind of like zooms in on it and it's very suspicious. It appears to have been cut open. Um, they end up in an abandoned factory area. Marco's like, there's so many abandoned buildings here. It'll take us forever. Um, and Cassie immediately finds a chunk of blue fur. 
So Marco just needed to imply himself a little bit, I think. I Okay, my favorite part about that blue fur was it It, it would have been so good <laughs> if they like had zoomed in on something sharp and it was like caught on the edge of it. But uh-huh. instead, Cassie just comes up with this like, oh, my husky is blowing its coat like blue <laughs> yes! fluff. I was like, what yes. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it just, it yeah. Like, fur looks very differently when you pull it off of something that it obviously, like, got caught on. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, this fucking giant pile of, like, light, pale fur. Good, I'm glad Axe decided to shed tool himself before he got into the building, I yeah. guess. <laughs> oh my god. The Furminator. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talked about getting um, Frontline for an Andalite. We can get him a Furminator. That's Do they have an true. undercoat? I Probably not. don't think so. There doesn't seem to be, from everything we know about Andalite the planet, there doesn't seem to be a lot of seasonality to it, so I wouldn't imagine the, they'd need it. Andalite the planet? Andalite the planet. The, the planet know. Andalite? No, it's it's an adventure ride. Andalite colon the planet. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I see. I, I don't know what order these words coming out of my mouth are supposed to go in. <laughs> I'm not a chapman. It's fine. <laughs> Cowboy the Chapman, Andalite the Planet. What do you want from us? Ugh, my brain is exploding, just like Cassie. Yeah. Um. So she finds the fur. She shows Jake. Uh, they immediately hear voices, and Jake says, "Controllers!" and they hurry off screen as Tom and some other goons show up around the corner. And because the extras cannot be trusted to pick directions to run in, Tom <laughs> has to physically show them which way to run, which I appreciate. Thank God for that. Go I Tom. know. I'm like, rooting I'm for you now. <laughs> yeah. Tom, you've jumped up in the ranks of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God. This next fucking scene. Okay. So the kids are hiding. They're like on the ground around the corner. Tom is looking for them. He comes within two feet of them. If he had just turned his head slightly to the right, he would have seen them. And apparently he just fucking doesn't. They are hiding in plain sight and he cannot find them. I don't even have anything to say about this. Like, <sighs> He's fucking stumped. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there was kind of a cool shot of like the kids hiding and then like Tom holds up his Draken beam like right in front of their faces kind of. Mm-hmm. Which I liked that, but the shot would have been cooler if the Draken Beam was not a flashlight with a scope attached to it. Yeah. God, I'm still pissed about that. So Tom is not finding anything, because apparently they rolled a nat 20 in stealth. And <laughs> he decides that they're just not there, and he walks away. And I was screaming at this point. I'm like, they're right fucking there! Um... So Tom fucks off, and the kids come out from hiding, and Tobias shows up, and Jake's like, if my brother is here, we know we're on the right track. And Tobias is like, I will follow them, and leaves again. Um, the kids head into one of the buildings. Cassie starts calling out to the Andalite. Jake says, Cassie, I don't hear anything. And Cassie's like, I know he's here. Marco stops them from walking as a rat crosses their path, and he makes a joke about this being prime alien real estate. Again, everything out of his mouth is so great. So it's just so gold. Funny. Solid fucking, fucking gold. He's just spitting gold at this point. Yeah. So 
Cassie's like, I'm going to go look over here and walks over to a bunch of boxes or whatever and is immediately grabbed by our Andalite who grabs her and holds his tail blade to her throat. Dun, dun, dun. I wish I were drinking. You should. You could do it now during this commercial break. You could go run to the fridge and grab a beer. My last beer. Oh, well, I was going to get more from Star Hill this week. So, yeah, I think I will go grab a beer. Good. Do it. I'm exhausted. You do it. Okay, you grab a beer. I'll decide what commercials while you're walking. There could be a now music commercial for sure. That, okay, we'll give it. Uh, now that's what I call music. Let's say we do five because we're in the 90s. This was before we're at like 53. There's no Lizzo oh. on this one. I love volume five. I've I never listened. Five. I have never listened to any of them, so don't. It's got, I know it's got Wonderful by Everclear on it. Okay, so that's, we got that. Uh, let's see. Um, Let's, oh, okay. The next commercial is going to be those uh, Barbie flyers where you could put them on the little top and pull the cord and the things would go flying. <laughs> and they fly into the open fireplace. They, fly, they do fly into open fireplaces. Oh, uh, the, I think those are called like sky dancers or something. Yeah, right? sky dancers. Fuck you yeah, nailed it. Sky dancers. I had one. I don't even think it was mine. I think I just played with it for a while and it was a friend's. And after about five minutes, I was like, yeah, this isn't really doing it for me. Those were like weapons. <laughs> <laughs> they were like Beyblades for the sky. They're, their wing things were just like foam. Like you, they were like just a... I mean, still, if you took one to the eyeball, like without expecting it. It was just foam. It couldn't do know. anything. I feel like I've been hit in the face <laughs> with one of those before and it's just foam. Well, maybe you're just a badass. I don't think so. Uh, oh. And then our final, third and final commercial is going to be for a kit to make those beaded keychains where you'd put the beads oh. onto ropes in different shapes. Fuck yeah! I made a I made a salamander once out of I, those. I've made lizards and orcas out of those. Yeah, I love those. Great times. I love those too. Aww. I don't know if there's ever any commercials for them, but I'd like to think there was, and I decided there was, so now there is. Okay, so we have Now Music, Volume 5, uh-huh. Sky Dancers, yes. and Beaded Animals. Beaded Animals, Keychains. This is great. Yeah. I want to go back. I want to go back to the 90s when everything was simpler. Same. <laughs> Except then there's a lot of shit. I guess, like, what I'd really like to go back to is, like, I'd like to visit the 90s, like, time travel back to there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But then I would just like to be in, like, the mid-2000s would be nice. Like, 2005, 2006, 2007. Oh, I could go to a My Chemical Romance concert at the height of their career. I could quit college before getting those bills. (laughs) Oh my god. Our minds went very different directions. I could warn myself. Leave my ad. I could save thousands of dollars by never going to art school. And still getting a career that's completely unrelated to my degree. Oh my god. You should have been a marine biologist. Well then well unless you well, you'd have to go to marine biology school though. That's true. We'd Which, have to go to fine. school together. Okay, good. I'm glad that I can change no, the like, trajectory of your entire career. If I could work with whales, 
I know, like, right? As a feasible career, I would fucking do it. Like, oh my it would God. be a lot more schooling, I think, because I'd probably have to get, like, at least a master's degree. Yeah, for sure. But if I was guaranteed to work with whales, I would very seriously consider it. Not only that, but I just want it to be stated right now on audio recording for all of time to hear. There is nobody I would rather be stuck on a boat with for like seven days a week, 20 hours a day than you. Oh, same. We could be doing science together on a boat. Science on a boat. We're on a boat. (laughs) There's fucking whales. We would probably play that song far too many hours of the trip. (laughs) And Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) I thought you were my brother. (laughs) James Buffett. (laughs) I would definitely wear Hawaiian shirts probably 90% of the days. Okay. Okay. Let's make it even better. And we are stationed in Hawaii. Oh my God. So we have to study all the humpback whales when they come down for their migration and baby birthing. Oh my god! And then, and then the other half of the year we can go up to Seattle and Alaska and do orcas. Oh, I mean, we could even follow the humpback whales on their migration up there. Fuck yeah! Oh my god! Yeah! I love it. Let's do it. I love this so much. Okay. We literally go from eating like poke every day and like sushi and well we probably wouldn't eat sushi every day that's expensive but like poke is pretty (laughs) whatever and then we go up the coast and we'd suddenly just be eating salmon every day like this is the dream constant fish (laughs) my dreams are simple i just want to eat fish all of the time fish on a boat with my bestie watching whales what more could you possibly want and then, and then, and then in this fantasy we've made, Matt is also a boat man instead mm-hmm. of a software engineer man. And we meet him and he and I fall in love. I would like for him to use his boatman tendencies to be like the people giving like tours. And that's where you guys meet. It can start as like a rivalry, like, oh, this guy is not even out here for science. He's just selling out, giving <laughs> tours. But then you talk it through and from a place of anger, there is passion and you meet <laughs> and fall in love. Oh, I love it. Oh, This is fantastic. I like this fan fiction we've written for you. <laughs> This fan fiction of our alternate life, our AU. Yes, yes, our AU. <laughs> where we're whale people and not, not artists. <sighs> it's fucking amazing. Uh, man. And Damn. in this alternate universe, I become best friends with Sam Neill. I don't know how that happens. Probably when he's on Hawaii on one of the islands filming for Jurassic Park. Mm, and he comes mm-hmm. on a whale tour. I become friends with Sam Neill. That's my ultimate fantasy. Hell yeah. I love this. I like this, this better funny. than the episode we're talking about. <laughs> Let's abandon the Animorphs episode and just make an episode of our own TV show about our own lives. <laughs> Although I can't do that because Axe just came on screen. It's so okay. You're right. Least... I'm sorry. We do have to go back to your bestest boy. On, this episode's like trash until the very, very end. And then it's the redemption. fucking best. And then it's the fucking best. Yes. Okay. So Axe is here. 
He's got Cassie. His tail blade is at her throat. His tail blade actually looks pretty good. It does. Surprisingly good based off of the last like straight edge fucking bread knife we Metal had for fucking bread knife yeah yeah, yeah 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 no this one's actually like curved and it's like irregular kind of shaped and it's like bone colored how it's supposed to be so mm-hmm. i loved it um I agree. so he's got cassie marco's like fizzer three and axe is like how dare you speak that name <laughs> um which makes it Mar- all the more surprising one scene later when he has no fucking idea who Visitor 3 is. Sorry. Oh my god. I'm no, sorry. It, that's a very good point. I didn't quite realize that. Was- as soon as that scene happened, I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? But oh anyways, my god. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, Visitor 3 is known among Andalites. Aloran is known among Andalites. And Axe was like, who's this guy? Yeah. My cousin? <laughs> are okay. you really my cousin? Okay. I guess related. Um, he says we're cousins. It must be true. Don't get in the car with a stranger, Axe. We oh, had no. this discussion. But he has candy. Oh, no. We shouldn't joke about this. We should not. Well, maybe a little. Uh, Just a teensy bit. A little bit as a treat. Okay. Because <laughs> we've been doing so well. This is our after podcast no. treat. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. We ate all of our podcast vegetables, and now we get to do this small podcast <laughs> treat. <laughs> Quick, before we start making fan okay, of okay. our own lives again, let's get back to this. Okay, okay. So, Marco's like, sorry, wrong Andalite. And Jake's like, who are you? And Axe is like, I am an Andalite warrior, and I ask the questions around here. <laughs> How did you know I was here? And I'm like, baby, you're not a warrior yet. You're just no. a baby. And it's we know fun. you're here because you yelled all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what Cassie says. She's like, we heard your thoughts and we came to help you. And X is like, I was calling to my own people. Jake says, let her go. Elfangor would not have been so cruel. X is like, how do you know Elfangor? Jake says, I'm not telling you anything else until you let Cassie go. Axe considers for a moment and then releases her and she runs over to Jake. It's okay. And then he puts a protective arm around her and draws her into him and they get all cozy and they're so cute. Axe is apparently injured because he cries out in pain. Uh, Jake checks Cassie to make sure she's okay. And then, (laughs) although like the cut was really weird because like Cassie goes over to Jake. Axe starts like crying out in pain, and then Jake immediately goes, "Are you okay?" And I yeah. thought he was asking Axe if <laughs> he was <too>. okay, <laughs> but <sighs> but no, he was asking if his beautiful girlfriend Cassie was okay. It was like um, almost bullying. It's like when the kid falls down in front of you and like has clearly like eaten shit and like is scraped up and bloody, and you like turn to the person next to you that's like, "Oh my." My leg hurts, and they're like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And you're like, "Why are you fucking? What are you doing?" <sighs> yeah, that whole thing was weird. It was a weird yeah. choice. Also, the axe being hurt thing never really pans. Like, oh my god! And it, it makes pointless. no sense later. It makes Ugh. no sense at all. No fucking sense. Jake is like, Elfangor gave us a weapon to help fight the Yurks. He's very vague about it. Um, axe doesn't seem to care anymore because he's doubled over in pain. <laughs> um, Cassie's like, "Are you hurt? Are you okay?" And they are interrupted by Visor 3 doing his broadcast thought-speaking bullshit. He's like, hello, Andalite cousin. We heard your cries for help. And I don't remember what else he said because every everyone starts freaking the fuck out and trying to hide. 
Mm-hmm. Axe like flips out and heads off in one direction. The kids go in the other. Marco's like, we can't let Visitor 3 see us. Cassie leans up against the wall and closes her eyes and starts sliding down the wall. And we hear the morphing sounds. The crackling that Marco said Cassie doesn't do because she's so good at morphing. She definitely does it, Marco. (sighs) I don't don't even say that if you're just going to contradict it later. (laughs) (sighs) So Visitor 3 is walking through the building with some of his cronies. Um, Axe is somewhere else limping away. Cut back to the kids. Jake looks over at Cassie and kind of rolls his eyes like a dad who has just found spilled juice on the new carpet. (laughs) Cassie says, or he's like, Cassie, what are you doing? Um, And she is morphing into a skunk. Yay! And she's like, I'm going to stop Visitor 3. Marco looks over and he's kind of like, ugh, with that? Cassie's an adorable skunk, so shut your mouth, Marco. Yeah, agreed. Um, And she's like, you'd be surprised what a skunk can do. Which is like, okay, we all know what skunks do. Like, yeah. you don't have to, like, bury the lead there. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, that hit me so good. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Cut back to Axe, who's still limping away. Visitor 3 comes in from off screen. He stands right in front of him, and Axe kind of, like, stops and then, like, slowly looks up at this giant Andalite man. Um,. I actually kind of like this shot because they're both in profile and there's kind of like a window behind them and a window is a really good natural framing device. Mm-hmm. And you can really see how much bigger Visor 3 is compared to Axe. Yeah. But it's also horrible because they both have like a very like domed sort of bald head with like this like weird wispy hair running down their necks. And I hate that. You know what it reminds me of? What? Every time I see it, I think about the Grinch, the one, like, from mm! the Jim Carrey thing. Yeah. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I don't like it. I don't like it either. And I meant to point it out in earlier episodes, like, in, like, the very first episode where we see it on Elfangor and Visitor 3, but mm-hmm. I just, there was lots going on. There's, there's more important. There's bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they have horrible hair, and I hate them. Awful hair. Uh, just awful. Just just terrible. Visitor 3 is like, hello, you seem to be injured. Let's tend to your wounds. We've been waiting for you. And he creepily puts an, a hand on Axe's shoulder. And I guess he's trying to, like, lure him away to their side or something? I don't know. Like you said, Axe has no idea who this guy is, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Back with the kids, Cassie leaves their hiding place and sneaks towards the Andalite as a skonk. She walks up right between Visor 3 and Axe. They step back, she rears back her tail, and then it fast cuts back to Visor 3 and his goons, and they get (laughs) skonked. They get fucking sprayed. Um, Jake and Marco are like, oh yeah, awesome, and they laugh like dorks. Uh, and Cassie just starts laying waste to all these controllers. There's, like, several shots of her just, like, spraying these fools. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells Axe to run. It's Visor 3. And he's like, oh, okay. And so he makes his way over to Jake. And Jake puts his arm underneath him to support him and help him out of there. Oh, God. I need to mentally prepare myself for this next scene. Please do, because I'm delighted and I'm waiting. <sighs> I'm halfway delighted and halfway very mad about it. Marco kind of waves them out. And then he's like, Cassie, come on, let's go. It's time to go. 
So she, still a skunk, starts running towards him. We cut to Marco leaning down. Someone off screen tosses him a stuffed skunk, which he catches in his arms like a fucking football player. (laughs) And then he like, he kind of like makes a little face and he's like, ugh, skunk, it's stinky, whatever. He starts running and they run behind some equipment. He trips and she fucking flies into the air. (laughs) Fuck this entire show. I can't do it. I want a very clear high res image of the moment that Boris catches that fake skunk and cradles it in his arms with that weird <laughs> smile on his face that says, I know this looks shitty and it's I I don't know what to do. And I want it blown up to I don't know. <laughs> 24 by 36. An inappropriate size. A completely inappropriate size. And I'm putting it in a gilded frame. And I'm hanging it in the largest (laughs) wall in my home. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) Are you okay? I'm dying. And I want Boris to sign it for me. It's the it's the most perfect thing that's ever been shown on TV. It's the best. I do like how he cradled this skunk in a way so that his arm was blocking most of the skunk. Yeah, he was like, I have to hide this. This isn't good. <laughs> I have to hide this really shitty stuffed skunk so they can't tell it's fake. And the look on his face is just like... This is so bad. Like, you guys know this is bad, right? Like, this is so bad. The fact that, like, skunks can't jump like that, and somebody just tossed it to him. And it went from, like, fluffy skunk tail to, like, flat beanie baby skunk tail. Like, there... It was not even a close approximation. You could have just had him bend down... And, like, cut it so that you can't see him pick it up. But, like, just, just, why did you throw it at him? Why could he not have picked up the real skunk? Yeah, I'm assuming, like, for a trained skunk, they probably had it descented. Like, that's definitely a thing that people do when they have pet skunks. And skunks are, while sensitive, trainable and Mm -hmm. intelligent. Like, there's no reason this wasn't... A domestic, like, not domesticated like a dog, but, like, habituated skunk. There was no way this skunk wasn't yeah, yeah, habituated yeah. to people and somewhat trained. Yeah. Just pick it up. Just pick it up, man. Oh, my God. Maybe. I, <laughs> this is totally, like, not based on any fact, but, like, what if Boris, what if they wanted him to pick up the skunk and Boris was like, absolutely not. <laughs> that would be hilarious as well. <laughs> Either way, I want a still of this this moment, and I want it blown up real big, and I want it on my wall. Oh my god. <laughs> I want the shot where he trips, and you can see the skunk, like, flying through the <laughs> air. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, this scene is where I was like, I'm simultaneously really amused and simultaneously very angry. I love like, it. how fucking dare you? I love it. I love it so much. This was like, truly, this is probably my second favorite scene in the whole episode. 
Oh my god. Because of just how fucking bad. This is what I'm talking about when like shit's really bad but clearly the kids are just having a great time and I am like here for it. <laughs> Boris saved that scene, I think. Boris m- made that scene. Not saved it. Sure. Made yeah. that scene. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. That's true. Like it wouldn't I don't think it would have worked with anyone but Marco in that moment. That's absolutely true. But I just felt like I was watching some like dumb comedy movie. Yeah. Ugh. I it's don't know. like it almost felt like it bad enough to be like Monty Python esque with like the yeah. killer rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it felt like though. <laughs> that is precisely <laughs> the energy it was bringing. It was. <laughs> you you nailed it. Like that's what it felt like. <laughs> Ugh, what is the tone of this fucking show? <laughs> There's no tone. There's nothing. It's like when you play a piano that's really old and so many of the keys are out and every once in a while you hit one that's still in tune and you're just like, ah, because it's like <laughs> startles you that it's good. You're not expecting it. You're not expecting it to be good because most of the time it's like super off. <laughs> uh, after Boris drops... Cassie on the ground she starts morphing and she does it behind the equipment so we can't really see her and they get out of there um they meet up with Jake who has encountered some kind of fence and he's like it's a dead end we're trapped except they're not because he immediately heads to a nearby door and they force it open um Axe is just kind of like standing there leaning against the fence like staring off into space and grunting in pain um, the controllers are getting closer and they're like, come on, come on. And he's just like lolling his head back and forth. And Cassie finally like runs over and pulls him along through the door. Um, I don't know why he was hesitating. It wasn't I made don't. explicitly clear. Nothing about this is clear. Um, so they go through the door. Jake looks at where they ended up and they're in some sort of very narrow alleyway. And the camera pans up to show, like, the sky above them. And there's, like, no visible way out except up. And Marco's like, great, now what? We're fucked. <laughs> um, controllers are running around the building. And they watch them through the window and their door. And Jake's like, they're everywhere. Marco bolts the door shut. Axe is like, hang on, what is this deception? Who the fuck are you? And Marco's like, we're humans who just saved you from an earful of yurk. Axe is like, only Andalites can morph. He well actuallys them. Jake's like, Elfangor gave us the power. Axe is like, why would he do that, though? (laughs) He falls over again due to his wound. Cassie runs over, and she's like, we have to get him out of here. The boys are like, how? We don't know. Jake says they have to morph something with wings so they can fly up and out. Axe says, I don't have anything that can fly. I have trouble with heights. Since fucking when? Since fucking fucking when and marco points out you should have thought about that before you got in your spaceship which it's like thank you yeah (laughs) this makes no fucking sense it was almost like the writers like somebody wrote that and another writer went are you fucking kidding me and like wrote marco's line maybe yeah Ugh. anyways awful true uh the controllers are looking around inside uh, cut back to the kids. Axe is like, you guys just leave. Like, you can't help me. There's nothing you can do. And Jake's like, they got Elfangor. We're not going to let them get you, too. 
uh, back inside, Tom is like, hey, I hear something. I hear somebody talking. Cassie looks up. She spots a butterfly in a nearby piece of table or whatever. Um, I'm not sure why it's there. There seems to be no vegetation around, much less flowers. Um, so that was confusing. Um, Tom tries to force the door open. I'm sorry if this feels like really jumpy where it's like Tom does something, then Cassie does something, then Tom does something, but that's, that's literally how, how it's filmed. edited. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> um, Cassie picks up the butterfly. Visitor 3 tells everyone to get the fuck out of the way and he raises his tail blade. Cassie puts the butterfly down in front of everyone and they all start touching it. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that because of like the material on their wings. Yeah, the dust on their wings, but I like that they all pinned it down. Like you can they- clearly see them pinning it. I know, but I felt bad for it. I was like, this butterfly is kind of fucked. Uh, Visitor 3 starts chopping holes in the door. Uh, Jake tells Axe, welcome to Earth, and Rex... Rex? <laughs> Axe reaches up and touches Rax. the butterfly. Rex! Rex! Axe's brother, Rex! <laughs> He's totally radical! Red Axe is Rex! Anyway. <laughs> So Visitor 3 cuts through the door, he wrecks it, he pops it off the hinges, everybody starts pouring out. He comes out in his human morph, for some reason, um, and all they find is an empty alleyway. He looks up and he sees the butterflies flying towards the sky, and he starts a full-on Darth Vader, No! And his fists are raised towards the heavens, and it's very amazing and dramatic. Um, and the camera, <laughs> the camera kind of, like, as he's screaming, it fast zooms out of the alleyway. And they, like, green-screened the butterflies just flying over it. It's, it's so good. It is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they fast-cut back to the barn. Cassie is telling Axe about he- how she and Tobias felt him crash, and he's lucky to be alive. And he says, yeah, I wasn't prepared for Earth's atmospheric conditions. Marco jokes, El Nino strikes again. <laughs> Too close, Marco. Too close. Too close. Um, and then while this is all happening, Cassie is nursing Axe back to health. She's, like, dabbing at him with, like, a towel or something. And it's like, that makes no fucking sense because the morphing into the butterfly should have fixed this. We're beyond reason at this point. We're beyond sense. I guess. Maybe they wanted to show her, like, rehab nurturing side. I don't know. I I think, or just, like, being nice to Axe. I don't know. But she is nice to him later. Uh, Whatever. We're Um, beyond it. They needed something to do in this scene, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Jake shows up with a basin of water, and he's like, how are you feeling? Axe says, I'm doing better. Thank you. Um, Jake is like, are there any more Andalites coming? Axe is like, I don't know. Jake looks up at Tobias and says, Tobias went over the two-hour time limit. Axe says, oh, that would make him a Nothlet. Cassie's like, can, you, can he be fixed? And immediately that made me think of, like, have you tried not being a Nothlet? <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried just not being a Nothlet? <laughs> which made me think of, of X-Men, which made me think of Iceman, and it's all connected. Oh my god. Have you tried uh, not being a mutant? Oh my god. I just... I really want to watch all the X-Men movies. Oh my god. I... Yeah, me too. Shit. Let's me watch all the X-Men too. movies. Let's watch that okay. instead of, of this. Alright. Let's just go watch X-Men. And just talk about what we feel about X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I followed Anna Paquin on Instagram. She's pretty great. How's that? (laughs) 
it's you know it's going really well for me um i just like needed something in my life that was like you know important so anyways she posts a lot about like uh different movements what is this voice and <laughs> that's the voice of somebody who thinks following a social media person is important to their lives i think i love that for you <laughs> I just, it's really what I needed at this point in my life. It's like, really there's like a lot of stress. It's like self care. Like, <laughs> if you're not following Anna Paquin, then like you're just not getting the full experience of restoration. Oh my God. <laughs> Please shoot me. I, I can't play in this space anymore. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Okay, just like leave my space of self care, I guess. Okay, it's fine. I will. It's self care <laughs> for me. It's this is about else. me and my needs, and if you can't rise to meet them, then I don't need you here. <laughs> I can't take your negative vibes right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna this go cleanse. Is, this is pause vibes only. Hashtag happy. <laughs> Please kill me. <laughs> This is a cry for help. Oh my god. <laughs> End okay, it. okay. I'm gonna try and speed. Alright. Nothlet. Axe is like, I can't fix your friend, but you should bring me to Elfangor. Um, because apparently he fucking forgot that they already told him that Elfangor's not there anymore. Um There's Jake's just like no way to know. I don't know. Jake's like, uh, we can't, he's super dead. Axe is like <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! Uh, yeah, he's super dead. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm super dead. Um, Axe is like, no, he can't be dead. No! Um, Cassie's like, yeah, he totally died a warrior's death. He he died protecting he us. Totally Axe is like, beefed no! It. He fucking beefed it so hard, Axe. Well, Axe starts flipping out, rightfully so. And mm. I had to watch this part several times because I missed it every single time. But he, somehow he runs out of the barn. Again, it's one of those like really fast edits that you will miss it if you're not really looking for it. Like, the only yeah. reason I knew he was out of the barn was suddenly the kids turned and started running out of the barn, and then the next scene, he's, like, in the forest. Like, I could not see him run. I'm glad you explained that to me, because I honestly have no idea where that transition went. And I just, like, at this point, I was, like, slap happy. Like, I was rolling with that. I'm like, all right, I guess they're outside now. Whatever. Oh, my God. They find him in, like, a second. Um... Cassie spots him, and Marco's like, I don't see him. And Cassie's like, he's right over there, dipshit. Um, and I'm only calling this out because it's very familiar to me, because if Matt and I are out in nature and I see an animal, I will see it immediately, and it mm -hmm. takes him forever to find it. Because yes. I think I've just, like, trained myself to spot movement and animal shapes because I'm always looking for them, and mm -hmm. he's not. Uh, he's also colorblind, so... <laughs> He's also just, like, regular blind. Yeah, that's that too. But anyway, this scene really, like, spoke to me on a deep level. This was the truest part of this episode. Yep. Um, Cassie walks up to Axe. The boys hang back. Axe is like, I shouldn't have come here. Elfanger didn't want me to come here. He wanted me to stay home. Cassie's like, oh, you're just a kid, aren't you? And Axe <laughs> is like, yeah, I am, just like you. He was my brother. And Cassie gives him a look of sympathy and understanding, and she launches into a monologue about how Elfanger was really awesome, meeting him was rad, and they're fighting to save their world, and they're fighting for him. Jake's like, you're with friends now. 
Axe is like, my name is Eximili Eskarath Isthil, and I'm sorry for all the trouble I caused. Then fucking Rachel shows up, like, inexplicably. Out of nowhere. Out of fucking How nowhere. How does she even know where they were? I don't know. But she's here. So, yay. Hi, Rachel. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Even I, like, who love Rachel, was like, what the fuck are you doing here? What the actual fuck? Maybe they left her a note in the barn that says, oh. <laughs> we all just ran into the woods. Come quick. <laughs> If you happen to show up because you're back from visiting your father, we're in the woods. <laughs> I don't know. It was very odd. Um, but Rachel walks up and nobody seems surprised by this. And she's like, whoa, look at the Andalite. And Tobias is like, does someone want to fill Rachel in? And Jake says, Rachel, this is our new friend. Uh, and he has already forgotten to ask his name. And Marco says, Rachel, this is Axe. And I really love the tone that he spoke with that. I don't know. He's just like, he spent the whole episode being like a jokester. And then the way he said, Mm -hmm. Rachel, this is Axe. It was just so like confident and decisive. And I I just, I really liked his tone switch there. I don't know. I didn't notice it, but I, I like the way you're describing it to me and I'm on board with it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I liked it. Uh, and then Marco says, I hate to break up this Kodak moment, but how are we going to hide a blue centaur? Um, Axe reaches out and touches Cassie and acquires her, and Jake stupidly says, he's acquiring us for his morph! Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, Axe acquires all the kids, he steps back, and he starts morphing. I actually really liked this morphing sequence. Me Um, too! Okay, good. So... First thing I liked was the first thing to morph was his mouth, which is very telling because Andalites don't mm-hmm. have mouths. Um, he morphs one part of the face and then he kind of reverts back and then he morphs a different thing, kind of reverses it. And it feels like he's experimenting with how this combined human morph should look. And yes. I fucking loved that. It was it seemed very deliberate. It did. And I, like, I loved it. It was the perfect way as well to explain, like, the Frawless Maneuver, where it's, like, we're taking all the different parts instead of being, like, literally, like, the kids watching and being, like, he's going to take a part of all of us and combine it into one thing. It was just a beautiful visual way to express all of that. Yeah. It was really good. Again, this show can do really good things and really (laughs) bad things. This was not a good thing. Um... (laughs) <laughs> although like so he starts mor- morphing each of the kids starting with rachel and in that moment she has blue skin and i thought she kind of looked like mystique for a minute yes uh, um and then rachel morphs marco's face and then marco morphs into cassie and then cassie morphs into jake it's like it's basically like that michael jackson music video Oh my god, I was just gonna say the exact same thing. Okay, okay. Because if you're talking about my, my baby, it don't matter. Whatever, if it's that go away. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very good. It was very well done, too, I thought. It, it was. was. Um, but yeah, after he tries out all the morphs, he finally morphs into Canadian actor Paulo Costanzo. <laughs> Canadian actor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so yeah Paulo Costanzo plays Axe human form and his voiceover I guess Um, I also kind of wonder if he was in the alien suit probably not 
Because he's really tall. Like, he's taller than all of them, which makes no sense. I I mean, I don't know. Uh, I wondered the same thing, but it didn't seem like it to me. Yeah. Okay. Well. Apollo's here. He's great. Um, Yay! The first thing he does is touch his mouth, which is an- another nice little detail. I fucking love that. He's like, oh, look at this new thing on my face. Um... Tobias is fucking screaming for some reason. Like, this bird is just, like, freaking the fuck out. It was yeah. very distracting. <sighs> yeah. Um, Axe steps out wobbly from behind the tree and stands in front of his new friends. He Again, he's taller than all of them, which makes no sense. Cassie's like, you're us! And Axe is like, will this help? And Jake's like, it can't hurt. <laughs> Axe steps forward and immediately falls down and yes. they help him up and he's like you guys only have two legs and how can you see behind you with only two eyes and he spins around very quickly and wipes out again and they help him up and Jake's like yeah basically we just do that Axe <laughs> is like and this mouth and he starts playing with the sounds ounce ounce Rachel, Cassie, and Marco are fucking delighted their faces yes. are just beaming and they are just laughing and having a great time with this. <laughs> Jake is like, well, you'll be safe with us and you won't be alone anymore. And Axe gets down on one knee and asks Jake <laughs> to marry him. Just kidding. He swears fealty to Jake and calls him his prince. Um, Rachel is like, Prince Jake? That's stupid. Um... <laughs> Axe ignores them, and he's like, I will fight by your side until the Yerks are destroyed. And Jake's like, okay, whatever, just get up, please, stop it. Um, and it's just Jake. And okay. he shakes- Well, oh, yeah. This- I'm sorry, I just have to point out, when you're watching this, like, look at Paolo's face. Everybody else is laughing. He is fucking 1,000% committed to acting uh-huh. this out, as if it's the most serious scene in the world, and I- fucking love that he's fucking great and i couldn't he's tell. amazing i couldn't tell if the actors were like legitimately like breaking and laughing at him like laughing at his performance mm-hmm. but but like it was okay because like this is a reasonable thing that the kids would be doing in this moment yes but like i really wondered especially boris boris was just like losing his <laughs> shit <laughs> so yeah jake's like it's not prince jake it's just jake and he shakes Axe's hand and Axe kind of smiles, and Jake smiles, and then Axe immediately starts shaking everyone's hand, and he's fucking delightful, and I love him. <sighs> um, they all kind of lead him away, and he, of course he's like falling over again, and they're helping him. And narration from Cassie plays over about opening your heart, and friendship, and sappy bullshit like that. And they walk through the woods, and a butterfly floats in front of the screen, and Tobias is just like sitting on a branch by himself, and that's the end. <laughs> Yay! Yay! We reached the end. Oh my god, this is so painful. I'm so sorry. Okay, next time we do this, this is this is behind the scenes. Everybody, this is tearing back the curtains, parting the kimono, however you want to say it. Sure. Let's just like recap the entire front half of the episode and then just spend like the sixty minutes on Paulo's performance. Yes. Just between you and I, Casey. This is our pact now going forward. Okay. 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 <laughs> Just jot that down. Oh my god. This whole episode was worth it, though, for that ending. Okay. 
So I liked all of the kids. I liked the acting. I liked Boris's jokes. I, I love Paulo, obviously. Yeah. I hated everything else about this episode. Yes. I fucking hated everything about this episode, except for the things I mentioned. I agree wholeheartedly. The, the acting and Cassie and Paulo, like, really, like, made it okay for me in the, the end. Skunk but scene. I hated it. This episode is so scene. awful. It was not great, but <sighs> Axe is here now. Finally! Finally. He's here, and I know he's going to be amazing. (sighs) Well, we spent so long fucking talking about other shit. We have to, we kind of have to go right into character rankings. I hope you're okay with this jarring transition. No, let's do it. Okay, let's talk about Jake and Sean. Yes. Yes, to both. Good. Well, I yeah. Jake was kind of useless, I thought. He was Absolutely, but his reaction shots were great though. Again, like it's hard for me to separate Jake from Sean. Like I have no feelings about Jake as a character, but I love Sean. Like Should we I just, just start combining them? I I don't yeah. Because like even even when we talk about the episodes, I will you I'll switch between like character name and actor name yeah and i try to do it situationally so like if i think the actor did a good job i'll refer to the actor and if the character does something it's like within the fiction but like yeah it's so like muddled in my mind now and i the way that i view this show it's so different from the animorphs canon that i there's no illusion for me i just see this from like a show perspective like a filming and for sure yeah for sure so it's it's difficult for me to like really buy that this is Jake or this is Cassie or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the only times that I really do are when they hit those like beats that are in mm-hmm. the books and like the acting just knocks it out of the park. Like Yeah. That's I I think that's really mostly happened for me with Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the one that's hit most of those notes. And, of course, like, some of the jokes that, like, Boris will do. But the problem with that one is that, like, we, we know Boris. <laughs> yes. So that really fucks with my mind a lot. So, like, that oh, one's the yeah. hardest. It's the hardest for uh-huh. me to separate out from everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's start combining them. And then if we feel the need to separate them out later, I'm sure we will. The same way we have okay. done before but yeah okay so sean jake fives sean did great (laughs) yes like delighted me oh my god (laughs) and then rachel was not in this episode yeah rachel uh, was not really in this episode rachel brooke she's visiting her daddy uh but she came in at the end and uh was was happy to be there she was a warm body that was there she was. Uh, and then we get Tobias and Christopher. I mean, it's not the Hawks' fault, but Jesus Christ, if they don't fucking stop putting Hawk screams in here, I'm going to flip a table. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. It's not the Hawks' fault. It's not the Hawks' fault. But um, just really to give kudos to Christopher, like, he... Uh, it's It's pretty seamless, his voiceover acting with the others, like... He does. He's pretty good at throwing in good lines and good intonation. He does. Okay. 
not to disparage all the others, but he definitely does the best job with voiceovers. Yeah. Like Oh, a thousand percent. Even Thank with the God. Yeah. Even with the limited like amount of voiceovers, like the samples that we have, he does the best mm-hmm. for sure. Well, he also has to do it ninety percent of the time compared to the others who yeah. do it rarely so good (laughs) it's really hitting me what boris said about like he's on screen the least but he had the biggest like fan following yes (laughs) i don't know man i'm just a bird he's like i feel like he's the most like teen heartthrob material of all of them and he's just not on screen ever (laughs) not to disparage any of the others they're all beautiful and amazing but like, I feel like he's kind of, like, of the age, like, the very stereotypical, like, heartthrobby boy. Yeah, he had the haircut, and none of the others did. And the do. leather jacket and the mysterious and the aura. Jacket. <laughs> and the sad uh, backstory. Yes. And, like, the he oh. has a mustache growing in, but none of us can acknowledge it. Oh, no! Yes. <laughs> Hold on! Ugh, stupid, pretty people get out of my face. Well, stop Googling them. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Tobias gets a five. Okay, Tobias gets a five. Nadia Cassie gets a five. She was really good in this episode. Yes, it was very Cassie central. She did a great job. Very Cassie. Uh, Yeah. Okay, let's talk about your best friend and mine, Boris Cabrera. Oh my god. <laughs> so many good jokes. So many good jokes. So much, so much good physical humor as well. Oh man. I agree. Fucking five, of course. Of course. Five, I'm of never going to not give him a five. I agree. I'm, I'm never going to. He'd have to screw up egregiously for me to yeah. <laughs> drop that rating. I can't wait for his, um, his uh, scene about his mom that he told us about. Oh, I'm so excited where he cried. for that. And then, I was thinking about that today. And then he yelled at the at the set person. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. So um, good. And then, of course, my son, my baby boy, my love, my light. Five trillion. Five trillion? I'm so excited for this new adventure that we embarked on with with this boy. I'm ready. Okay. I, I loved him, too. Every, every single thing was perfect. And honestly... Staring into those soulful eyes with his stubbling green shirt, I wouldn't think of him crawling on the ground, swearing his fealty to Prince Jake. But you know what? He fucking knocked it out of the park. He was amazing. I'm just so excited because I know he's going to get up to shenanigans and he's going to be great. I'm just ready. (laughs) I'm glad he's here. There's something about the way that he is an alien trying to blend in with humans and fucking up so royally that is just so charming to me. Like, I'm just, I'm so excited to experience that in the TV show. That was like one of my favorite things about the books. And now I get to relive that all over again. And I'm so excited. I'm suddenly, it's all falling into place for me. Why, why you like Matt so much? Oh, no. Just kidding. I'm so sorry. That was such a dunk. Oh my god. Oh no. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I don't mean that. (laughs) I didn't mean it. Oh no. I feel like I've been just psychoanalyzed from the deepest part of my head. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. I was just making a goof. I didn't mean it. 
There's some soul searching to do. I'm so sorry. It was a joke. That's I don't amazing. think Matt acts like an alien. I, was a, I appreciate that so much. Okay, good. Because I, I almost didn't say it because I was like, ooh, this seems nope. a little mean. No, I'm, no like. E. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> this is a safe space where we can dunk on our significant others and our, oh, and our families. This is going to open so many doors for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. We've rated characters. They're all great. I love them. I want yeah. to be friends with all of them. Uh, yeah. So if you want to dunk on your significant other, please email me at anonymousandworse.com. <laughs> no, I think you don't know what you ask. People are going to start emailing you like relationship advice. No, dunking on them. I'm not going to give you anything. Have you met me? You guys, I've been talking to you for like over 200 hours. I'm an emotionally stunted mess of a person. Do not ask me for advice. Oh, no. I don't fucking know. I'm going to tell you to like buy a horse and fuck off. I don't know. <laughs> buy a horse and fuck off. That's my advice. Um. Anyways, email me your best dunks on your significant other. Uh, anonymousandhorse at gmail.com. You can... Um, you can hit me up in the Facebook group with this shit at Animorphs Anonymous or Super Secret Super Awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. You can tweet at me at Animorphs Anon or you can Insta Slam me at Animorphs Anonymous. Insta Slam and welcome to the jam. Um, you can also join our Discord server where we talk to other Animorphs fans. Everyone's really cool and we're all goofy and great. Um, if you want the link to that, you can check out us on the social medias we will if you message us we will hook you up with that um and you can find our podcasts wherever podcasts are because we've done all the books and we're really funny and you should go listen to us more <laughs> yeah i mean just start find another podcatcher and just start listening to the episodes over again in a different platform it's yeah. not gonna change the episodes but it will change the platform hooray and I guess that's something. It is a thing. Um, hey, since we're speaking of changing platforms, let's uh, change the media up. Where can I find some good, good comics? I have a comic. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My brain. Much, much like Cassidy, I'm suffering. I thought you were trying to prompt me to say something, but no, the only thing I could sorry. come up with was what really loudly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's like, okay. It just threw me. Tell me about your comic, please. I have a web comic. It's called Beside You. It's about music and romance. You can go read it for free at bsideyoucomic.com, or you can join me on Patreon and get early pages and special sketch work in progress pages. And you can check that out at patreon.com slash KCD studios. Yes. And it's delightful. And there's a lot of uh, really cool information in those updates that I appreciate. Um, and also you can choose your own adventure and make it not about music and romance and just make it about Slater, which is also a very satisfying <laughs> and wonderful experience. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh if you like comics that are from the dc universe um i am accidentally a host sometimes on a podcast called from cadmus to crisis this is a superboy podcast 
And uh, it's getting pretty fucking lit over there. There's a lot of different fucking weird robot guys that run on lava. And um, I voice Knockout and also random other characters, but Knockout's my main favorite one. Um, Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's so that's coming out. There's like, God damn, they've been running that podcast since like 2004. So oh. there's there's some shit. <laughs> wow. Um, I know they've been going for a long time. So, yeah, check that out. It's super fun. Did, um, did podcasts even exist in 2004? They did. Yeah, they might. They might have been running there since 2007. But like, yeah, it existed in 2004 and they've wow. been doing it for like so fucking long. Damn. We don't have to talk about this. Okay. We can just right. leave. Should... <laughs> I was going to say, we should probably just leave now. We've we've done so much damage to yeah. ourselves and our relations in this episode. Yeah. I, I'm deeply sorry for everything I've I'm... said. I feel like this might be entertaining to listen to, but mostly I, I just apologize. <laughs> yeah. This is much like X's ship. We have crashed and now our heads are splitting open. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to lay on the ground because I think that's where I belong. Bye. Sorry. Bye. <laughs>